Welcome to the Osue Ibarra Podcast. All right, and welcome back, everyone. I'm so glad you guys are here with us. Again, this is Friday, so we dedicate ourselves to growth, and the focus that we're focusing on today is leadership. And so, uh, man, none other, if you guys heard in the intro earlier, David McClure, uh, mighty man of God. Uh, we actually graduated uh, Karis together, and um, he's now the executive director of AWM Operations, which basically he oversees uh, the phone center, which that's about 230 people, uh, you know, production services and conferences, events. Uh, so he has a lot going on that he's done. Um, he spent many, many years, as I said earlier, uh, in his time in Cummins and just is been a sharp leader and has just proven uh, maturity and leadership. And I've learned a lot from David. I've sat on the correction side of David's desk uh, and I'm thankful for it because it's definitely uh, was some wake up calls and he's called me up. And so with that, I thought that, man, you guys are going to learn a lot from David. So David, uh, thank you for being here. Man, Josue, I am honored that you even invited me. Um, your guests probably already know this, but I'm going to brag on you. Oh. This man helped in school he just had a heart to help everyone and so his podcasts are to provide all of us with education hearts of god word of god so you're listening to a good man awesome thank you david too kind well uh with this so i kind of want to kick this off running because uh just uh for those who don't know when david mcclure uh, kind of came into the world of comm services not kind of going to start in this i'd really got to brag on you for a second david uh because prior before uh there was a lot of hiring with inside which in most organizations that's the thing you want to do the, mm-hmm. uh, the most is hire from the inside uh but what david came from it's from the same organization but he came from a production uh background um, as he was you know the head of productions at the time and when he came in man there was just so much change that you brought david that was phenomenal and needed and the change that uh really like you know, shifting our teams to team leads, shifting our kind of our training, um, all these different mandates, you know, uh, you were the one that had to tackle the big problem of call abandons and things like that. So I'm sharing this with you guys just so you guys can hear like the success and uh, a person who can come in and champion change very, very well. Um, Man, I guess the question I have to ask is how do you come to bring change into a department like that, especially when there's a lot that needs to be changed? To me, it has to start inside. You, know, you have to have, you know, the word talks about, you know, seeing something inside before it comes to pass. Yeah. You know, it's faith. But to me, anything we do, we have to see it on the inside. And we may not see the structure. We may not see everything. But we have to see a desire for change, a desire for something better. And, and if we see that on the inside of us, that hey, we can do this better and we can do it together. And and to me, that's where the vision starts and the passion starts there so that when it comes out of your mouth to the, the rest of the team, hey, I've been thinking, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what if we did something like this? That they hear the possibilities yeah. when you say that and then they start, well, yeah, we could do this and we could do that. So it starts on the inside and, wow. and my desire for what we do yeah. for life um, I'm very passionate about. Yeah, 
Yeah. No, and you can tell because uh, even, too, like as you brought in change, uh, there were a couple people who left. There's uh, people who stayed on. And, again, uh, people rallied behind what you had. And it's really cool, too. So I guess if someone's in this situation where they're transitioning from an, a new place, because that's the other thing, too. Like mm-hmm. you came from productions to com services. How do you work in when you take on a new team or uh, just a new department? How, what does that look like? It looks like getting to know the people first. Yeah. Uh, when I first came into comm services, I mean, I knew nothing about what you did. I had I had students, you know, the yeah. classmates that went to school with me. Uh, I heard rumors and that, but I had no idea how you even do what you do in mm-hmm. comm services. How do you pray with people? Um, so to me, it came in getting to know my top line. I mean, the first thing I did after two weeks of being here, I took my top line all out to lunch. Nice. And we got done eating, and I said, okay, everybody go around and share about yourselves. How did you get here? What, what's your background? Mm-hmm. And, and there were a couple people who had been here for a while, and one said this, and they said, like, I didn't know that about you. Huh. And, and they got done. I shared my story on how I got to Karis Bible College. And then I said this, now that you know each other more, you can give them more grace. Mm-hmm. Because we, we, get, we, we get these preconceived ideas about people right. and, and, oh, well, they just did that for this reason or they just don't like me or what, fill in the blank. But if you get to know people, suddenly you have more compassion for people. You, you're passionate about helping people. Yeah. So that was the first thing I did. And, mm-hmm. and let them get to know me to know that I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here to be the, the, the savior. I'm not here to solve everything, but I am here to help. Yeah. No, that's awesome, and I think uh, coming in that relational level first is mm-hmm. so uh, true. You know, Patrick Galanciani from his book, Five Dysfunctions of a Team, talks about the very foundation that you lay down in building a healthy team is uh, trust. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's what you went in and did first mm-hmm. is just really establish trust within the team. Mm-hmm. That's unique to see, too, that uh, people are still responding of like, I didn't know that about you, <laughs> you know, and they've been together probably for a while. Yeah. And it's like, uh, why, why do you think that happens? I, I think it happens because people, uh, I, I tell people, you need, to, you need to raise your head up sometimes. You need to look around and see what's going on. But we have a tendency to get so focused in what we're doing that we forget why we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, in comp services, we were all here to, you know, take the message Andrew Womack has to everybody who calls in here. Right. But we get so focused on how do we do that that to a degree we forgot why we do that mm-hmm. and when we know why we're doing it we know those people are calling in because they're hurting and they think we have an answer for them you know suddenly you can have more compassion for that person uh not even knowing their story yeah. you have to remember why you're doing something right. you know you mentioned patrick lencioni i love his books i yeah. love his fables it, i can relate to fables yeah. <laughs> um his book the motive and i don't know if you've read the book the motive yes but he it compares these two CEOs, uh, an older one and a younger CEO, and and the takeaway from that book for me is, the older one said you have to ask yourself why do you want to do, what a CEO has to do, right. because we look at our job description and that's what we think we have to do, you know. But to me, what we have to do is in between the lines of the job description. You know, I, I, I was counseling a young man recently who's who is going to be getting married, and I use that example. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you have to ask yourself, why do you want to do what a husband has to do? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to love your wife if she wrecks a car? Why do you want, you know, we should be asking ourselves that question in multiple situations. 
Oh, that's really good. I'm going to take that one too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you're going to get married. Yes, sir. June 25th. <laughs> Excited about it. Um, no, that's really good. And like, it, you can t- you can just tell in your heart too, David, that you care. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what really comes across to everyone in that, and why people are able to kind of rally around you uh, in going forward with this. Uh, man, just such a such a pastor's heart. It's awesome. Uh, so, what are some challenges uh, that comes when bringing change? Uh, well, there, there, there's a lot of challenges. Um, you'll have some people that you know want to jump on the bandwagon. You'll have others. Well, we've always done it this way, or I, I don't want to do that. Mm. You know, you're changing my job. Yeah. Um, and and that's where you have to paint the the vision, the the value. If we do this, right. you know, this will be the outcome. Mm. And and some people some people won't make it. Um, you know, there's been a few people that have left here, um, not of their own volition. You know, where, um, you know, they, they just weren't, they weren't willing, because we're all able. Right. They just weren't willing to see the why and see the heart. I, I was sharing with somebody the other day. I've been reading through Luke, mm-hmm. and the rich young ruler was face to face with the light of the world, mm-hmm. and that light could not penetrate his heart. And then just a few verses later, uh, Zacchaeus runs ahead so he can catch the light when it comes. And as soon as the light hit him, I'm going to pay back everybody four times what I took from them. Wow. One's a sinner. One has followed the rules since he came of age. Mm-hmm. The light alone isn't always enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you, ha- you have to, the light has to tr- do its best to stir something in you. Yeah. And, and some people just refuse to let it be stirred. And, and that's when, just like the rich and your ruler walking away, we have to be, well, I hate to see you go, but yeah. we're, we're, we've got a mission. Yeah. I heard a leader say it like this, and he said it's strong, um, and this is something that uh, a mentor of his who was unsaved, so it's going to, for my audience, it's going to sound a little <laughs> harsh when he says it, but like there's a, there's a heart behind that. And he was saying that sometimes when you're implementing change, uh, sometimes you have to step over dead bodies. And what he mm-hmm. meant by that is you're not always going to have the time to be able to sit down and convince everyone of why we're going the direction we're going. Mm-hmm. You're going to do your best to share your heart, to have that trust, to um, you know connect with people, to to share the why and beat the drum of why mm-hmm. but then there are going to be times where people are just not going to go forward with you uh in the direction that you say how does like because i know that has to hurt as a leader right mm-hmm. that does not make any of us excited to say okay you know thank god so and so is off the bus like it, it hurts you know it hurts mm-hmm. our heart uh how do you manage through that kind of discomfort and just that grief uh, griefing process when people do leave um honestly Josue, i i don't i don't stay there Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, you know, 200 plus people here right now. And, and if one leaves, uh, whether they're asked to leave or they leave on their own, but you know, they're mad about leaving. Yeah. Um, as long as you feel like you did all you could, yeah. um, they, they make their choice just like the rich young ruler. They, they make their choice. And, and here's the other thing. Uh, we have to be good communicators. So Billy Epperhart just recently spoke about the fact that, um, you know, they say you should communicate something seven times in seven different ways. Out of that, I realize that if I'm talking to somebody who's intellectual like I am, mm-hmm. I can just speak that intellectual way and, and they're going to get it. But if I'm speaking to a creative person or if I'm speaking to this type of person, I have to understand they may not get it. 
Yeah. And that's where that's why you that's why you look at somebody's face when you're talking to them because their face will tell you if they're getting it. Yeah. And if they're not getting it, it's not their fault. Mm. Think yeah. about that. It's not their fault if they're not getting it. Right. It's your fault because you're either not communicating well enough or they just need to be taught because they just simply don't understand. Right. At the end of the day, it still falls on you. Right. Man, isn't that, uh, that's awesome too. Like I went through Teachers Academy last year and one of the things that was really challenging us as, as communicators and teachers is that it is your job as the teacher to get the student to learn, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, again, it's a, it's a challenge and it's more of a, and that's why kings wear crown because mm-hmm. the crowns are heavy and that means there's a burden on there. That means we as leaders are gonna carry that burden and serve them in that way mm-hmm. of the sense of, I'm gonna do every best way I can to uh, communicate in a place that, that you can actually understand. But another thing, uh, we were just talking about this earlier, guys, uh, on the podcast, uh, one of uh, the worship school uh, class speakers said this, and, and it's awesome because it kind of just uh, greatly fits into what you're saying too, David, is just like, if you do it in love, you won't regret it. And, so what I'm hearing in this sense, too, is like you're guarding your heart to communicate everything that you can in love and communicate where people can understand and follow. But again, if they still just do not accept or not willing to jump on board, you don't let it bother you. Just, hey, I did everything I can in love and I gave them everything, that, uh, all the things that I could to help them. But if they decide to move mm-hmm. on, that's that's on them. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Uh, that's awesome. It's like Jesus, right? When uh, uh he was talking about communion and says, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Everyone left. He said, looked at his disciples and said, are you guys going to go to? Um, no, really awesome. Um, so on here too, um, you have a lot of young leaders and older leaders that you lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any difference? Uh, to me, the, the difference isn't the age. Mm-hmm. The difference is um, there, are they humble? Are they teachable? And do they desire to be a good leader? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and let's just focus on that. Do they desire to be a good leader? Because they can be humble and teachable, uh, but if they don't desire to be a leader, if they don't you know, feel like they're called to be a leader, <clears throat> then that's going to change things. So, you know, I've had people underneath me over the years that, um, man, they've been so desirous of getting better yeah. that – once you see that, you start to get to where you trust them and you, you know their heart well enough that then uh, I would call one of them in my office and explain a situation that just happened with somebody else, not, not to gossip, right. but because I knew that person desired to be a good leader. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were learning all the time. They were asking questions. And I got to where I knew I could trust them with information. So it's not about gossiping. It's about telling a story. Right. Only in this case, we, we say, well, that's gossiping. No, I was sharing a story so they can see how it could have been different. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had people sit in meetings with me, and then afterwards I had some takeaways, and I'd call them in. So what did you think about this? What did you think about what that person said? And, and hear what they thought, and then share what I saw about it, you know, just because I know they want to be good. They yeah. want to be a good leader. Wow. That's so cool. And I love that too. Like uh, for those of you guys who did, just didn't catch this, this is a great practice um, that David is doing. Uh, that's something that you can catch on, especially if you're leading with your teams. And that's finding every teachable moment to teach. 
Yes. That is awesome uh, because if you, and the guys just don't miss that because just as how uh, and I guess you bring people into some of your meetings that you have some mm-hmm. of these conversations with and he's going back and just doing ba- basically a debrief just debriefing mm-hmm. how it went the positives the questions that they may have and answering that uh, if you want to grow your leaders up uh, that is a phenomenal way uh, of doing that I've had leaders who did that for me and I'm so thankful because uh, sometimes you can miss things when you're just there present but when you're able to no I was actually intentional when I asked that question or I was actually intentional when Mm -hmm. we were communicating this way. So really, really awesome. You know, if I can just say on on that, um, I realized the other day talking to somebody is every conversation, most every conversation, you should either be trying to teach or you should be trying to learn Mm. because it doesn't matter who it is. If the person's younger than I am, older than I am, um, they, they may have something I can learn or I have something that I could teach them to help them along the way. So if we look at most of our conversations, not that we shouldn't have fellowship, not that we shouldn't sure. you know, be able to just hang out sometime, but especially when you're at work, uh, I mean, I talk to people all the time about, hey, what's going on in your life? Mm-hmm. You know, how are things? And if I, if I know somebody's struggling with something, you know, I take them aside, you know, what's going on? How can I help? So if we look at every moment as a, either a way to teach somebody or a way to learn something, then, uh, man, we're going to leave such a big footprint. Yeah, man, that is so good. Um, man, what, what has uh, uh, inspired you to have that heart, David, just to, just to do that? Is that something learned, or is that something that uh, you've done since <laughs> Cummins? <laughs> uh, uh, it's not something I've learned, so I, I tell people this all the time. Uh, I don't even know if they use this phrase in, with your generation, but uh, we used to call it the wallflowers, okay. especially when you're in school especially the school dance, if you have no rhythm whatsoever, which I fall in that category, um, and you're shy, you're always standing along the wall watching the other kids out dancing who maybe couldn't dance either, (laughs) but they weren't embarrassed to be out there. And and so I was always a people watcher. My whole life I've been a people watcher um, and lacking in confidence in a lot of areas. But I never wanted anybody else to feel bad. So, you know, I got to where if I saw somebody along the wall in a situation, you know, nowadays, if you and I are talking and I, and I know somebody's really shy, they're hanging out over there, I'll say, hey, Brenda, come over here. I want you to meet Way, because I want them to be engaged. I want them to know that they're part of this big family that we have of, of human beings. Yeah. And, and so out of that, it's just always been wanting to help people. Yeah. Um, I, I went to Katrina for 10 days when the hurricane happened down there. I've helped with Samaritan's Purse in multiple places. I've always liked to help people. And suddenly I realized before I came here, when God finally gave me a word, it's like all this stuff I've always loved doing is is a calling. And he said that I would teach. And it was a year after being in comp services that I remembered that word because all I remembered was coming to Bible college. And I remembered he said that before he said go to Bible college. And so then I got to, I'm like, well, I teach here every day. Mm-hmm. You know, at that time there was 140 people here, and I think only one was older than I am, uh, <laughs> was at the time. And I realized I teach every day. And I remember asking God, I said, is this it or is there more? Mm-hmm. And he's never answered that question. And I ask him whenever I think about it, so maybe once or twice a year. But I also realized from that, that time, which has been four years ago now, to now, he just keeps uh, enlarging you know, my opportunity to teach, you know, from 140 people to 240 people throughout all the departments, um, that the, the opportunity just keeps growing. And here I am with you. Um, 
So sometimes we don't know what that word means. We think it's going to be standing up there at Karis Bible College teaching off the stage. But sometimes it just means, no, I'm going to send a thousand people over the course of your time in, in comm services and, and you're going to be able to teach them either directly or indirectly by some of the things that you, you implement. Because we, when we implement stuff, it's usually everybody gets involved, involved with figuring out how to do it. Yeah. No, it's really good. And uh, this is, see, um, man, when you guys are listening, you guys got to listen with intent because there's some really good things that you just said, David. I just want to pull out real quick that just, I love it. Um, and it's the fact of this, like a lot of times when it comes to teaching or even in leadership, right, we, we place it in some certain way, whether we place it in a platform mm-hmm. or we place it in a position. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, leadership. I want to really be a good leader, but I can't do that until I'm in this position. Or I want to be a really good community communicator or teacher, I can't do it until I'm really in this platform. But what you've done, you've just been faithful in the little and mm-hmm. been faithful to every person that has come to you to share teachable moments, mm-hmm. to oper- uh, operate in influence, which is really the foundation of leadership. And just for those who are listening who may not be in, you may be in the lower rank or uh, just uh, onboarding into a business or onboarding into a ministry, I just want to encourage you, just take what David just said right now and just notice people. You said wallflower? Mm-hmm. Wall, man, for the longest? All right. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, born in 95, okay? But I always thought people were saying wildflower. It's wallflower. Well, that was from the 60s and the hippie movement. <laughs> okay. It was a wildflower. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, have that look and look for the wallflowers who are there and just, man, be intentional with, for people and just have that heart that David's just sharing. It's just the heart to help. Mm-hmm. Man, if you have that heart to help, man, it's it's not a hard thing to that you have to try to maneuver or do. It's just going to come naturally and operating in that. Man, so good, David. Um, how has failure shaped your life, David? Oh, well, uh, I've, like everybody, I've had plenty of failures in my life, uh, but the, the big ones are the ones that uh, when you have that failure, you have to realize every failure, especially if it's big, is a crossroad. Mm. And, and you have to decide now, you know, which way are you going to go? Yeah. You know, are you going to let that failure define you or are you going to learn from it? Um, you know, I, I tell people, you know, all my years at Cummins, you know, I was I was in the boss's office a few times, especially in my, my younger days. Uh, and uh, it took me several years after he retired, because uh, I started there at 19, so he was there about six years before he retired, our big boss. And it was several years later that I realized all the things he was teaching me without ever telling me he was teaching me. Um, but I will say this, not everybody will get those, because if you don't think about it, later on or yeah. right away you don't realize what just happened mm. and and so those failures are a way to move forward uh, you know Leslie likes to say you know well failure is a way to move forward and it's also a way to stay and it's a way to go backwards mm. and so um, I I got chewed out a few times and this was a boss who never yelled mm. so uh, <laughs> when I say chewed out he wasn't screaming with his finger in my chest but you know, I, I got in trouble a few times that I was innocent. I'm not more often than not, but I was innocent. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I, I tell people nowadays, if if you're getting corrected, yeah. whether you're guilty, whether you're partially guilty, whether you're totally innocent, 
is there anything to learn from that? Mm. And, and take what you can learn from that and build on that. Don't build on the heartache, don't build on the, the failure, but what can you learn from that and build on that? Because those are the things that are gonna make you an even better leader because you will have gone down a road, you will have experiences that you can now share with people. You know, where, yeah, I, I got in trouble one time and I was totally innocent. You know, I think Jesus got in trouble and he was totally innocent too, didn't he? <laughs> what can you learn from that? Mm, that's good. Wow. Having that attitude uh, is, is just powerful. You know, one thing I always share, and people in the podcast will uh, understand when I say this, uh, owning your 1%. You know, I always talk about, like, even if it's 99% someone else's fault and it's only 1% yours, what can you own from that? Like, maybe my tone on how I communicated this to you was off or something like that. If you have that heart of just learning from it, and I love that because you're pretty much saying the same thing in the sense of, like, even if it's your fault, partially your fault, or fully your fault, like, what can you learn from that and actually grow from that, Mm -hmm. too? John Maxwell's book, uh, it's like sometimes you win, sometimes you, you know, we always know the term lose, but he scratches out and says sometimes you win, sometimes you learn, you learn. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, in this too, uh, what have you done that other young leaders should do? Oh, Wow, that's a great question. I wish you'd sent me that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these questions, guys, I'm actually pulling from the uh, last year's Kingdom Business Summit. John Maxwell, you know, said, "Man, you need to take someone out for coffee and ask them these seven questions." You know, so this is actually from uh, one of those. Okay, and and ask the question again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what is something that you've done that other young leaders should do? always be willing to um, be humble so here's my example for that Um, for about three years here uh, my boss who didn't start being my boss we were peers and then they did a restructure and so they moved him above me Um, he happens to be the same age as my son (laughs) and uh, so we, we had some struggles but the struggles were really more of what was important to him versus what was important to me. And uh, so we got to the place that I was frustrated mm-hmm. and I'm like, I can't keep doing this. And so uh, I scheduled a meeting with him on Monday and he sat right where you're sitting right now. And, and I went into that meeting with my list. You know, we always got a list. But I also went in there, I told Leslie before I went, I'm like, if, if we can't come into an agreement, I said, I'm willing to resign if it's better for Andrew Womack. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to resign because I loved what I did. Right. So we sat down here and I and I went through my list and I thought he was micromanaging me and whatnot and got done and he was, you know, active listener and, and he said, Well, can I share a few things with you? Mm-hmm. Like, sure, I figure he's got one or two. And uh, and he didn't have a huge list, but he got done with his list and, and my comment was, Yeah, those are all things I don't like to do. Mm-hmm. Never like to do them, so I've never applied myself. I've got grade school report cards that say if David would just apply himself. <laughs> and, and, uh, but there were things that he focused on and I was failing at. Mm-hmm. And the things that I focused on, he was failing at. And I, and I finally just said, you know, I've, I've ignored those things forever. Yeah. And I'm going to get better at that. And, and will you help me? And he said, absolutely. And, and he said, I didn't realize what I was doing was having that kind of impact on you. And... Uh, he's not my boss anymore, but 
we built a great relationship and I learned so much from a young man who is the same age as my son Wow! because I was willing to learn and and I got better at those areas I didn't like doing mm-hmm. because I knew it was important to him and I also knew that it would help me if I just got better in those areas because yeah. we all like to do what we like to do right and we we never want to do the things we don't like to do but sometimes in business you just have to do that and you, but you have to make that decision okay I may not get great at that right but I could be a lot better than I am right now. Right. And it's important. Uh, there was a speaker at the GLS this year who made the comment, um, female speaker, I can't think of her name, but she said, uh, I was really good at this, but after a while being in this company, I realized, but that's not what they needed. Right. They needed this done. Hmm. And I decided, this is her speaking, I decided, well, I can do that. Yeah. And so she started doing what they needed done, not what she wanted to do. Right. And, and that's humility, that you're willing to do what needs to be done, even if it's not what you want to do. Man, man, guys, uh, if you're listening to that at 1.5 or 2.0 speed, slow it down and rewind it a couple seconds. Uh, what David just shared right there is gold. And I just got to echo that, David, because it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, there are multiple times uh, that I've been pushed in things that I don't necessarily like. Like, um, I administration isn't necessarily the thing I leap for joy for, right? <laughs> uh, you know, but understanding after, especially after going through business school too, just seeing the importance and um, the necessary thing that it is and what it does and what it provides, uh, I've come to love it. I've mm-hmm. come to really grow in that area. But it's uh, it's like when, I remember one time I was squatting with my coach back in football days, and uh, we were getting to a point where I'm like, oh, gosh, like there's, that's way too much weight, and he expects me to squat it three times. I can't do that. And he, like, not slapped me hard, but, like, a nice little hit and just said, Josue, do it, you know. And, man, I, I all right, yes, sir. Went through, and I was able to push myself beyond the limits that I – perceive and put myself mm-hmm. on and so that's really good um and this kind of segue to a good point too in this where's the balance of uh you know i've heard the quote stick to your strengths you know stick to your strengths higher to your weaknesses i've also heard it no you should really maximize or you know grow yourself in weak areas um i have a, an idea behind it but i kind of want to get your thoughts first and let's kind of hash it out you know even in that because that's but real quick i just don't want to take away from that guys again what david just shared right there is so gold and i've found doors that are open for me when i have uh, humbled myself to grow in areas that were challenging for me but anyways can you speak to that I think the answer to that question is what is needed. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like the woman I just spoke about, um, if if this is needed and and you've been asked to do it, you've been you've been told to do it, then you have a decision to make. Do I do it? Mm -hmm. Do I do it poorly? Um, And then just take the consequences if I end up in the boss's office, or you know, boy, how can I do this? Yeah. You know, that sometimes is the, uh, we get so hung up with, you know, I don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. And which then drives us to, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and, but right now all we're talking about is I, is mm-hmm. I, right. I don't want to do this. I don't like to do this. I don't know how to do this. But if you're serving somebody, right. then you have to decide, well, they need this. Maybe you talk to them. Well, do you really need that? How about if we did it this way? Right. You know, that, that's another big takeaway, in my opinion. You know, just because we get asked or told to do something 
doesn't mean we don't have the right to ask questions. Mm -hmm. um, especially, and it may not be because you're not good in that area, but you may have an idea, you know, you're, you're doing these podcasts now. Right. Well, before the podcast, everybody was on television, but you know, somebody decided, well, how about if we have these short little podcasts like this? So I may not know about podcasts and, and you know, David, I want you to go make a commercial uh, for XYZ. And I'm like, well, I've heard about this new thing out there, you know, that it's a lot cheaper for one. It has a much larger audience. It's just short little sound bites. Um, so sometimes you just have, hey, boss, have you thought about this? Mm -hmm. So you might be able to direct it to a strength. Right. Um, but if, if that's what they need, then you have to decide, okay, if that's what they need, how can I give it to them? Right. And, and maybe it's, um, you know, maybe it's you go talk to somebody who know, you know it's good at that. Or maybe you do the rough draft. Um, you know, my, my wife is very good at, at writing. Yeah. And I have gotten better. My boss helped me get better, but sometimes I'm like, I don't feel like I have time. I don't feel like I have the, the gift for that email I have to write. And so there's been times I've sent, I've sent her an email. I'm like, I need to do this. Here's a topic, here's this, here's this. Um, I just give her a few little things. Can you put something together and send it back to me? And so is that cheating? Absolutely not. You know, that's, that's doing something to give your boss or whoever a higher quality. Right. So it's not that you're cheating. And, and quite often, you know, when, if they say, boy, that's just amazing, Dave. And I well, I appreciate that. I said, you know, a lot of that's my wife. Um, but here's the thing about it. It was still, you know, my thinking, my ideas. And a lot of those I do myself. But sometimes it's just like, okay, um, I, I did six, six, six Sigma training. When is that coming? <laughs> and, man, that first time, it's like, I, I just couldn't get it. And so when you get done, you have a green belt. But while you're doing it, they give you a black belt to help you out. And so my black belt is telling me stuff I need to do. And, and you go get this and go get this. So I go get this stuff and I'm trying to figure out how to apply it all. And I'm like, I have no idea. So I go in his office and I basically in, a, in a, uh, not real out reality, but I, you know, here's what I got. I have no idea what to do with this. I'm not even sure it's any good. <laughs> and he's like, oh man, David, this is gold. We can do this here and we can do that there. And and he was just, you know, I was like a puppy dog. He's like, oh yeah, give me another treat. <laughs> but I, I had no idea. But sometimes you just have all the right pieces, but you don't know where to start. I don't, I seem like I talked a lot, so I hope that helps a little bit. No, it does. I mean, uh, really what I'm pulling from that, even in that, it's just, you know, going out and do it and just, and just trying it and, and just, you know, you really don't know the potential you have until you actually try it and do it. Mm -hmm. So in other words, just kind of what, kind of wrap it all in a nice bow in this of just uh, what was even shared with us guys is, is this, you know, you have to answer the question, do I stay or do I go? Mm -hmm. And you know what? And, and I, and I'll say this too, like there's no shame if you're called like, and you know, it's a round hole and you're square, right? <laughs> there's no shame in just saying like, man, uh, Leave and don't burn bridges. Leave mm -hmm. in a place with grace and honor. Do, you know, celebrate it and celebrate the person that's going to come and take the on the new thing, and see where the Lord has for you. That's going to put you in the right spot. Like if that's not your your enjoyment factor, you're really not. You know, yeah, uh, you feel like that's not the area that the Lord's called you to grow in. Then man, move on, but move on with grace and move on with love. Um, you don't. Um, 
David Briggs. He's a, a, one of our teachers in, in business school. Uh, we just had lunch last week, and he told me this, too. He's like, I don't have to be mad at you for you to leave, and you don't have to be mad at me to leave. Mm-hmm. We can just leave and just in grace and mm-hmm. part ways and do it graciously. So if that's you, you know, again, uh, you don't have to burn bridges. And I encourage you when you uh, advance to other places, never burn bridges. The other part is uh, taking on the place of like, okay, this is in my job description. This is what is required of me. Um, it's not necessarily strength of mine, but do I desire to grow in it? Making the decision to grow in it. And you've heard uh, just an awesome testimony of what David has done and just some different things. Like either he leans on strengths of other people to help him to grow in that area, having a willing heart to learn, um, but also just being willing to try it. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like what you just said. Like, you know, sure, you're going to try it out. And it's like, hey, sometimes you surprise yourself. Like, that actually wasn't that bad, you know. Uh, for me, and uh, there's certain things where it's just so funny. Um, if like people who knew me in comm services, I, I get pat on the back, like, "Man, you're you're administrative, man. Good job." And I'm like, "Oh man, that definitely wasn't me before," you know. Um, and so even with that, just being willing to step out, step out. So it's really good. Uh, one last thing, uh, David, I do this for uh, the podcast all the time, and I always give people a three minute challenge. And so uh, the heart behind the three-minute challenge is uh, if you're, I mean, it's, you guys, you guys hear me say this all the time. You can listen to podcasts every day. You can read a book every day. You can do all these amazing things. It doesn't matter what your mentor said over you, what was prophesied over you. If you don't put it into action, mm-hmm. nothing will actually change or nothing will actually happen. So I love giving a three-minute challenge just to say, man, just right after you listen mm-hmm. to this podcast, just take three minutes. And apply this. What is one leadership principle or something, just some everything that we've kind of talked about, David, what is a three-minute challenge that the audience can just run away with um, after listening to this? I think the thing that everybody needs to run away with to start is uh, developing a, a vision for, for themselves uh, of what God is calling them to do. Because that will, it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, if you ever watch golf, sometimes uh, somebody's putting the opposite direction as a hole, Mm -hmm. but it's because the green is going to roll the ball back down. So sometimes it doesn't mean if you have this vision for your life and you think uh, from God and you feel, okay, well, that opportunity they're giving me isn't getting me where God's calling me. But it doesn't mean, I mean, the Israelites were in the desert for 40 years. You know, they had a vision. God told them, you're going to go into promised land, but they still had to walk around the mountain for 40 years. So sometimes we have to understand what our vision is that God has given us. And then uh, when an opportunity comes along, you measure it up against the vision. Mm. And and does it align with the vision? Because how many times do we take wild, you know, turns? Oh, this looks like a pretty road on this way, and it ends up dead ending dead ending so I think we have to know what our vision is for our life what we want to do what we're passionate about and then continue to grow in that so in school I never liked to read Mm. I never liked to read (laughs) I remember a a book report in high school that you know you had to be so many pages or two books Mm. I found a book that was just enough pages because I didn't want to have to read two books and do two book reports I can't stop reading now I read besides the Bible every day I read leadership books you know Patrick Lencioni John Maxwell you know, because I, I just like learning. Yeah. And and it's amazing how many times you run into somebody and, and they come up with a situation and you have an answer for them. 
A lot of people say, where do you get that? And I nobody's ever asked me that before. So it could be coming from God, yeah. or it could just be coming from all the stuff you read that you just have gained wisdom. Right. And so I think you, you keep applying that, but at the heart of every vision, you have to realize you don't go over dead bodies. Mm-hmm. You know, or maybe right. you do, but you don't kill them. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. Um, and, and if you have that heart for people then and you love on people, you're not going to have regrets. Now, they may have regrets because they walked away, but I think if you know your vision, what you, you're passionate about, and you're willing to learn all the time, and you're willing to love people, uh, maybe you think, I'm, I'm going to be this in five years, and it takes seven. How, how much better are you in seven than you were in five? So I, I think vision, you know, learning all the time, and loving on people to where sometimes, I mean, Jesus, how many, you know, he, he stopped, you know, to go with Jairus. Right. Well, he wasn't going that direction. Right. But he, he saw hurting people. We, we have to realize as leaders, as individuals, we, we have to stop and help people along the way. We'll, we'll learn something from that experience. They will, they will mimic that experience as somebody else in the future. Um, and I guess last thing I'd say, uh, you talked about football. <laughs> so unlike you, I wasn't really good at it, but I played freshman <laughs> football. And uh, I was second to third string type thing, but we had a great team. We were eight and one that year. And the coach always told us, you know, keep, uh, keep your helmet on, stay, stay close. And so I was played on defense. But it's near the end of the game, we had a big lead, and the other team was kicking off. And I happened to be close enough that the coach grabs a hold of my helmet, you know, face mask, and he says, McClure, get in there for Anderson. And he basically throws me on the field. <laughs> well, Anderson was our, our freshman who played varsity, you know, before varsity ended that year. He was a big boy, and he was the front man for the kickoff. And so what happens, you know, freshman players, they don't kick the ball very far. Who's it come to? <laughs> right to me. And I take off running. And I thought I ran like 35 y- yards. One of my friends says, no, it was like 15, David. <laughs> and I swear every player was on top of me. <laughs> now, I wasn't offense. I, I caught the football. I didn't fumble it. But suddenly I became the offensive player because that's what the coach needed. Mm-hmm. And I was nearby. So I encourage people to always stay nearby, you know, hear between the lines, read between the lines. Uh, what does your boss need? What does your coworker need? Because what they're asking for may not be what they need. And if you're close by and you have that relationship, wow. suddenly, well, I can play offense. You know, you have 22 people on 21 because I was 22 on top of me. I can survive for two minutes so they get everybody off. But that's what they needed right then. And I and I got the opportunity to do something that was to me was just phenomenal as a freshman in high school. Yeah. Man, that is a, I love that analogy of just staying close by and reading in between the lines. It's such, such a powerful, powerful, powerful key. Guys, this is one of those episodes that um, I encourage you to listen more than once and look back. David, just thank you so much. And um, uh, I'm going to put in the show notes because David has done um, other leadership teachings on Epic Conversations. Um, for those of you guys who've listened before, uh, we've interviewed uh, Diane Grubis as well. Uh, so I'll definitely have that in the show notes below. Uh, but David, man, thank you so much for taking the time just to share your heart and help us grow in leadership. I appreciate it, Josue. I, I, I so enjoy this. I just enjoy teaching. And, uh, uh, man, you're, you're a special guy. Uh, and we're looking forward to coming to your wedding. I mean, we're excited. Oh, that we're honored that you guys thought to invite us. So, um, you know, prayers for your future 
not only as a husband but as a, a father I'm sure somewhere down the road and and whatever God's calling you to for the rest of your life you've got a lot of life ahead of you so excited for that thank you David thank you thank you guys for listening in we'll talk to you guys later peace <laughs>